You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Humby Savetta. So guys, I am so fired up to be talking to you and really opening up our series of same old love. It's just something that I've been thinking about for weeks and really months, and it's, I have this day circled on my calendar, not because of Super Bowl, uh, but because of today, right? That's, that's, that's probably why you guys showed up so early. Um, but before we get started, um, I, I, I have a confession to make, and, and i got to put this out there, and I feel like I just, I have to be what the kids are calling 100. i got to keep it 100 with you guys, and um, I'm just going to say it. Um, I'm Humby Sedveta, and I'm a fan of pop music. Okay, I got, I got it off my chest. I get down with pop music, guys. I'm sorry uh, if, if you don't, uh, it, it's cool. Um, but at the end of the day, I've been known to like roll my windows down as I'm leaving the office and start bumping some Taylor Swift, right? Just letting that fly. Uh, I can get down with some Swifty. And you guys think it's funny and haha, whatever, but there's two people, two kinds of people in this world. The first are people that love Taylor Swift and pop music. And then there are people that are lying to themselves. <laughs> so either way, you're in one of those. So being a fan of this genre, uh, it's pretty regularly that I'll have, you know, like those earworms in my head that just the song that just re- is on repeat all day long and I'll be walking around the house kind of humming it or, or uh, whistling a- along while I'm like washing dishes and, and whatnot. And so it's pretty regular that s- stuff like that happens. Uh, so it wasn't like a huge shock one morning that I woke up and I heard the song by Selena Gomez, Same Old Love, playing in my head like as soon as I opened my eyes, it's the song that Elena just played. And it was just like going through my head and didn't think anything of it, uh, didn't think about it again the rest of the day. Well, the next morning I wake up, same thing, same old love playing in my head. Then the morning after that and the morning after that until six consecutive mornings had gone by and I had this song, same old love in my head, first thing right when I opened my eyes every single day. So at this point, I figured, man, I I need to look into this. Maybe there's something bigger to this idea of same old love, and I need to really uh, dive into it. So, uh, you know, I kind of started praying and meditating and and just thinking about it, and uh, it hit me one day. You see, there's a love that we all get in our lives. It's one that's fine. Yeah, it's not the worst, but it's definitely not the best. And I think that's what the song Same Old Love is talking about. It's a love that's lacking in substance. It's a love that is superficial and selfish. And it's a love that's commonly practiced and wrongly accepted as okay in this world. Now, when we're dealing with the same old love, we can pick out two different attributes that are normally attached to this. And the first one is superficial. Superficial love can feel very real, right? But most of the time, it's, it's fleeting, temporary. Most of the time, it ends up being uh, just kind of the easiest way that a person can show you love. They, they can convey that love. Usually, it's not done maliciously. Like, it's nobody's going, oh, man, I'm, I'm bored or tired. I'm not going to give them the full love that this person deserves. It just kind of happens. And um, I think one of the things that's really pushing this along is technology. You see, you know, you guys are on social media. You know what it's all about. Uh, we post these statuses and pictures and, and all this stuff, and, and what happens? We hope that we're going to get a bunch of likes on it, right? And every like that we get, we're, we like that status even better. We feel a little bit smarter. 
we feel a little bit loved, right? We feel a little bit of that love coming in from all the people. Man, John really liked that picture of my lunch that I put up there. He must really love it. Or Lee was really excited and really loving my opinion on UTSA's football recruiting class this year, right? Which, by the way, I'm really excited about, but I don't want to go off on that. Um, And really, when you dig into it, how much love, how much effort did somebody put into liking that status? I mean, they just got their mouse and clicked on the thumbs up, or they were looking at their phone and just pushed the little heart button underneath your picture. How much love is really put into that? How much effort is really put into that? It's nothing more than superficial. And it doesn't stop with social media, guys. Think about text messaging. I mean, it used to be that you used to call people and have conversations on the phone, and that would be the one thing that you were kind of talking about or or focused on. Now we're texting while doing, watching TV, whatever. Um, But now we don't even have to, like, use words in our text messages, right? Because we've got these emojis. And all they do is just kind of convey a certain feeling that you have in in that moment and at that time. And, uh, again, you don't even have to have words. You can have entire conversations using these emojis. And you know what, guys? I'm not above it at all. I'm not up here saying you're bad if you use emojis. I use them too. And as a matter of fact, I I used them this week uh, while I was talking with my wife. You see, uh, I was working late and doing a lot of extra stuff around the office this week, so my wife just took on a huge role and, and really picked up all my slack around the house. So I wanted to let her know that Uh, I loved her, and I thought she was the best wife in the world, and I was so thankful that she was picking up the slack and just like, she had my back, you know? I wanted to let her know that every single morning when I wake up and I see her laying there next to me, I'm reminded of how awesome she is and how lucky I am. So I pulled my phone out, sent her the text, and I I figured I'd share this text message with you. You guys ready? Okay, so this is the text message I sent her. (laughs) Kissy wink face, kissy wink face, kissy wink face, kissy wink face. I'm, I'm a regular Bill Shakespeare up here, guys. So why do we do this? I mean, is it just, to, just because we want to save time? Is it because we want to, like, save our precious thumb strength for the rest of the day when we need to really send out that important text message? So that brings me to my next point that I'm making in, in attributes. The, the next attribute that we see a lot when we're talking about this same old love. It's selfishness. And this is arguably the worst of the two. The first is innocent, as we talked about, not malicious. But normally, selfishness is calculated. You knowingly go, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do it like this. And with this part of same old love, a lot of times, people only do things for people that can benefit them. And it's easy to find this person uh, when you can't offer them anything, right? because they kind of blow you off. But it's hard to find that person when you can offer them someone, because they're acting way different with you. For example, I used to work with this guy, and he would treat people that he felt like were on his level. He treated them fine. Um, But if you were considered below his level, he made you feel like you were a level below him. And what was interesting was when uh, people with power, like upper management, or uh, randomly we'd have like someone that was like a minor celebrity here in San Antonio would come through, he was like the nicest guy ever, the coolest guy in the world, right? And he would go up there and schmooze these people, and, and they would feel loved by him. 
but it was that same old love. It was a selfish and really superficial, very shallow love that he was showing them. So let's keep it real, guys. We have all been loved like this at some point in our lives. And I guarantee you that just about everybody in here has loved like that, has given someone that same old love in their lives. So how do we do love differently? Can we ever love differently? Or are we doomed to continue to give and receive love the same old way? Well, in the Bible, Jesus had a few strategies for dealing with that same old love. Now, one day, Jesus is talking with uh, the rich young ruler, is what they say in the text. He's a young man who has a lot of money and probably has a lot of power in the area. And the man asks Jesus, what does it take to get into heaven? And Jesus uh, talks to him about a, a handful of the Ten Commandments and, you know, explains to him that these, you have to follow these laws and keep these rules. And the ruler is really excited, super pumped up, right? Because he tells him, man, I have kept all those commandments since I was a young boy. And that's where we're going to pick up in the scripture here. Looking at the man, Jesus felt a what? Genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, Jesus told them. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Now in this, Jesus is able to look into the rich young man's life and pick out exactly what he had been doing. You see, the young man had been living his life and giving God that same old love. He'd been checking off all the right boxes, right? Follow the laws, boom, check, 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 check. But Jesus could see through it. And theologian and professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, John D. Grasnick, had this to say about the rich young ruler. The one necessary thing he lacked was unrivaled allegiance to God. Since wealth was his God, he was devoted to it rather than God. Now, even though the rich young ruler said all the right things, appeared to be doing all the right stuff, and even asked a great question to Jesus, that's the question you should be asking, right? Hey, Jesus, how do I get to heaven? But the life he was leading wasn't that. The love that he had for God was superficial. He was more dependent on this money and power than on the great God that he should have been serving. And the rich young ruler, to turn away from this same old love, had to give away his possessions, but he wouldn't. So what steps can we take in our lives to move away from that same old superficial love in our life? Well, with friends and family, spend more time with them, guys. Have more meals, cups of coffee, phone calls, more than emojis. I mean, emojis are fine for a little bit, but a little bit more than emojis. And also, when something's going wrong in their life, and you say, hey, I'll pray for you, I'll be praying for you, actually pray for them. Don't just say it. Don't just give them the sentiment, actually do it. And you know what? Don't wait for them to have something going wrong in their life and to start praying for them. Just do it anyways. It's something good to be practicing praying for your friends and your family. 
Now, for some of you guys and gals, you're in relationships right now. And next Sunday is going to be a big test for that relationship. It's Valentine's Day. So for all you guys and girls in here that didn't know, this is my reminder to you, next Sunday is Valentine's Day, so you'd better be on top of it. So it's a big test. And I've got a piece of advice for you. Don't do what everybody does. Don't just blindly buy a card and flowers and chocolates. Actually, put thought into it. And what I'm saying here is I want you to give them something significant. It doesn't have to be expensive, like monetarily significant, but it has to be something that means something to your relationship. So I want you guys to dig into it like that. Make sure that it's something that comes from the heart and it's something that will be remembered for more than a couple of days like that. Now for me, I'm lucky because my wife really likes candy and flowers and stuff like that, but I'll put my own spin on it, but that's how I'm going to do it. But there will definitely be something that means something to our relationship in there. Now what about our greatest relationship of all? The one that we have with God. How do we move from a superficial relationship where we only run to Him when something's going wrong or we need something, and we turn it into a relationship that's significant? Well, we can move into that brand new love with God by spending time with Him daily, by reading His Word, reading the Bible, or praying in a planned time. That's the difference. It's not just, hey, whenever I get a chance, it's a specific time where you say, okay, first thing when I wake up, I'm going to read and pray for 15 or 20 minutes. Or right before I go to bed, I'm going to read and pray for a little bit. Or during my lunch, I'm going to take time out to read and pray. That's the idea is that it's specific, it's, it's well thought out, it's methodical. This is the time that you're going to spend time with them and you do it. That's one of the ways you can do that. Now, another way that you can create this brand new love with God is by going on a fast. Removing something in your life physically to kind of open you up spiritually to God. And you guys actually have a perfect time to start one. And it's this Wednesday. For those of you that don't know, this Wednesday is called Ash Wednesday. And it's the start of the Lenten season. Now, lots of Christ followers will start a fast on this Wednesday. And it'll continue through Easter Sunday. Uh, it's actually 46 days from Ash Wednesday all the way to Easter Sunday. But what a lot of people do is it's a 40-day fast. And within that time, every Sunday, they feel like uh, they shouldn't be fasting on Sunday because they show up and celebrate the goodness of God and they, and they don't want to be fasting during a celebration. You can choose to go ahead and follow it like that or you can do the full 46-day fast. Either way, by fasting, you'll open up stuff with God and you'll help create that brand new love relationship with Him. So that's how you fight with the superficial love. But what about the selfish love? How did Jesus deal with selfish love? Well, you got to look at the story of uh, what's going on the day before, or they're in the middle of the Jewish festival of Passover. And Jesus and his disciples are about to have the Passover feast that night, right? And Jesus knows exactly what's going down with him the next day. He's going to give up his life for all these people. So he knows it's his final night. So what does the creator of the universe, the most powerful person in the room, most powerful person on the planet, most powerful person in the universe, what does he do on his final night? Well, that's what we'll pick up in Scripture. It reads, Before the Passover celebration, 
Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the full extent. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, washing their feet, then drying them with the towel he had around them. Jesus is the most powerful person in the universe. He could have flown around like taking his buddies, all the disciples, on a tour of the solar system. Hey, there's Saturn and Jupiter. Check that out, guys. He could have materialized like a Dave and Busters there and played video games all night long. But instead, he got down on his knees and he started serving his people. He showed his friends that night a brand new love. Now think about it. At the time, shoes weren't what they are today. It was basically like a piece of material on the bottom and some rope holding it together. And all they did was walk all day long. So imagine how dirty and nasty these guys' feet are. The love that Jesus was showing them was not an easy love. It wasn't a clean love. But he was doing the work. He was serving them in a way that no leader had ever served them before in their lives. But what was funny about it was that they didn't get it. They didn't fully understand that example in that moment. Because shortly after that, the disciples start to fight with one another. They're fighting about who's the greatest among them. They're fighting about who's going to get the greatest inheritance in heaven. And here it is. It's Jesus' last night. He just showed the great, one of the greatest uh, ideas and examples of servant leadership that we've seen. And they're fighting about that. So Jesus then had to give them an example, had to throw away the example, kind of, and have a conversation that was plain and clear and explained exactly what he was trying to say. And this is what he said next. So now... I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So Jesus created a new commandment. Love each other, which is something they were supposed to be doing the whole time, right? You know, you guys all know the golden rule. Uh, do what you do unto others, what they want them to do unto you, that thing, right? They should have been loving each other. But Jesus had to come down and tell them like and shake them about it and say, you guys need to do it the way I've done it, a completely different way than they'd ever known. It was a brand new love that these disciples just understood. And think about the love that Jesus had for us. He didn't just talk about it. He showed us the full extent of his love. The next day, he literally laid his, down, his life down for us, serving us to the bitter end. And that's what I'm asking you guys to do today. I'm asking you to, and here's our big idea, live with a brand new love. Live with a brand new love. Don't live the same old love, which is superficial and selfish. Live with a brand new love. One that is significant 
and serving. So in our lives, living with a brand new love means you're helping your friends move, right? Hey, buddy, can you come help me out? Uh, I know I'm going to move into a new apartment. It's on the third floor. Show up and help the guy, right? It doesn't matter. A brand new love means cooking a meal for your family, like calling your mom and your dad and your aunts or uncles or brothers and sisters and having a big meal and not expecting anybody else to bring anything. You're just serving them. That's a brand new love. A brand new love looks at the needs of your spouse and puts them before your own needs. A brand new love looks at what's happening in God's kingdom and listens to where he wants us to go, where he wants us to serve, and does it. Now, for some of you, today is the day that you start your brand new love, a brand new love with Jesus. Now, he might be a guy that you don't know, or he might be a guy that you always felt like, man, I need some more proof about this. I, I, I need to know a little bit more. I can't buy into him fully just yet. But right now, you're in here, and your heart is pounding. It's about to pound right out of your chest because something's happening to you. Now, right now, I want to give you the chance to enter into that relationship, into that brand new love with Christ. You see, by laying his life down for us, he became the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And in his death, all of our sins have been forgiven. Now, all you have to do to enter into that relationship with him is simply believe that he did just that. There's nothing else to it. This is a free gift from God that is as simple as simply believing. So right now, I'd like to ask everybody to bow their heads. And if you're someone that would like to enter into this brand new love with Jesus, I ask you to pray something like this. God, thank you for stirring in my heart today. Thank you for showing the ultimate example of a brand new love by sending your only son to this earth to die on the cross for my sins. And right here, right now, I'm saying that I believe you died for me. I want to follow you the best way I know how. Thank you for everything that you've done. And it's in your name I pray. Now, I want all you guys to kind of keep your heads bowed as we continue to pray for everybody else in the room. If you're one of the people that wants to move away from the superficial and selfish same old love, I want you guys to pray something like this with me. Heavenly Father, you are mighty and awesome. Let your will for my life come to fruition. Let your example of a brand new love, one that is significant and serving, become the way I strive to live my life every single day. Forgive me for all the ways I have given others a same old love. And forgive me for all the ways I have given you that same old love. Keep me running after you. And don't let me be distracted by the tricks of the devil. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.